We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. To the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Carlo Navas, and with me today is producer and co founder, Mr. Brian Goins. Let's go, Heat. Also joining us today is trash tweeter, Jack Alfonso. Hey. Took a little long to say hi. You've been on two shows in the last month. Look at you. Here I go. Don't You're call back, it a comeback. Don't... You're called yeah. a comeback. Your rise to fame. Also coming back I'll disappear to the program. for a year again. Yeah, you'll, you'll disappear, then you'll come back, you're in and out. Heat, heat beat OG. Also joining us today, welcome back to the program, our own 2K coach, Frankie. What's good, guys? I don't, listen, that's Nikaias' fault that you are the 2K coach, <laughs> but Nikaias, uh, or Alex flexing Nikaias' 2K knowledge when you're an actual coach, so that's, this is going <laughs> to stick with you. I'll take it, I'll take it. This is you, man. So, Miami comes out. Their first game of the season, right? Basketball, regular season basketball is in full swing. The seeding games are back. And the Heat completely dismantle 
the Denver Nuggets, particularly in the second half. Um, I want to start in kind of a weird place. And maybe it's not so weird if you know kind of the show. Kelly Olynyk getting the minutes over Myers Leonard, right? So the starting line of change, no Myers Leonard, right? So it became the same guys. So Kendrick Nunn, um, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Duncan Robinson, and Jay Crowder. And the Heat go small. They go they go small. They go Jay a power forward, no Myers. Even though the Myers lineup was incredibly successful for them uh, all season, they were plus double digits in a lot of minutes. It's actually like one of the best starting lineups statistically in the NBA. And Spolster kind of went away from that. And I know that I know that people give a lot, uh, give Spo a lot of flack for being really stubborn with the way he does stuff. But I thought that was a really ballsy move by him. And I kind of think that that's the way they're going to want to play because when the rubber meets the road, you're going to want Bam at center. Um, that Jay Crowder lineup is really good. So those starters are plus 15 net rating and a defensive rating of 96, which the defense, as you know, has been the issue. So I'm kind of curious as to how you guys feel about like about that starting line of change and about Myers kind of leaving the rotation today. I loved it. I loved it because it, I feel like they played their best defense as a smaller unit. And I felt like you saw more Bam protecting the paint and Jimmy able to do more on the wings and definitely around some of the guards than you normally would. Um, my, my only thing was that we were already talking like the next game against Toronto. What would we see against Toronto <laughs> if we would bring back Myers to start off on Marcus All or not? And that's going to be interesting to see how Spell maybe switches because he's going to have three games and four nights, so he might want to use more bodies to kind of have some fresher legs out there. So I'm kind of curious what if he would switch up the starting lineup, even though they played really great today, maybe it might yeah. be a matchup-dependent kind of thing. Yeah, I, I see. I definitely see Spo trying that out, trying out the same lineup again. You know, he's a, he's a creature of habit, so he likes to run his lineups over and over again and try to see out. I, I, you see that he really wanted this lineup because he started off. He didn't wait one or two games to whip it out. He wanted. He started from the get. So I wanted. I I liked a lot of what I saw, especially once the shots started falling. You saw they got the, the rhythm down in the third and fourth quarter, and they, they blew them out. Uh, my thing with it is they still have problems containing on pick and roll. Um, you you saw Jay crashing and, and trapping a little more from coming out the floor, but you know, the nuggets were down three starters. They were down both, they're both, uh, both of their guards and their small forward who can all create and dribble, uh, penetration. And they didn't really, they don't really run a lot of pick and roll. They did a lot of, uh, stuff from pinch posts from the elbows, run stuff through their bigs, a lot, a lot of similar stuff to like what the heat like to do. So it remains to be seen. I definitely when Toronto they play Toronto, Toronto, and uh, have to deal with Fred Van Fleet and uh, and Kyle Lowry. It's it, it'll be a, a real good test for them. But I liked what I saw. So actually, that was something I was saying about during the game. Not necessarily the way that they run offense, but kind of who they run offense through. So like m- most of their stuff is through the centers and the wings. Right. So Miami kind of has defenders for wings because Jimmy, you know, they, the guys that they throw on guards are not the guys to throw on wings, even though they can do both. So like it was a lot of Jimmy on the wings. It was a lot of uh, Bam kind of helping out on those wings as well. And that's kind of where Miami's defense is. Sure. I don't think we're worried about how they defend wings. They do a really good job against the Bucks, who are wing heavy. And even the Raptors, I mean, they do a really good job. Of, of shutting Siakam down and really limiting what he can do. And I think those teams that have bigger kind of scoring wings, 
Miami doesn't have an issue with that. It's the guards. It's speedy guards. It's Jamal Murray. It's Trey Young. It's guys like that that just kill the Kemba Walker, right? Those are the guys that I'm really scared of from Miami. Yeah, they have a lot of people, or they have several people who can guard point guards, like Bam can guard point guards. We've seen that. Butler can guard point point guards. We've seen that. But like, they don't really have a designated person to go to to guard the opposing team's point guard, if that makes sense. They don't have great point guard defense. Nunn is not an incredible defender. Duncan's not an incredible defender. Neither is Hero at this point in his career. Yeah, I just mean they're smaller guys who are not like Butler or, um, I mean, Bam's one of their bigger guys. But like, aside from those two who would have to play out of position to guard the opposing point guard, they really don't have anybody to like stick on, Yeah, I don't know, uh, let's say like a Westbrook. Or not even a Westbrook because you would have somebody um, who's more Stronger, secondary. Bigger, yeah. yeah. Hard yeah, they, stuff like they don't have like that. a primary ball stopper. It's it's like Bam and Jimmy can get definitely get it like on a switch or a possession possession thing, but there's they're not going to start off possession on Kemba or anything like that. And if they do, they're going to run them through a bunch of screens to try to get them off them and and attack mismatches. So it's it's something that they're I mean they're not going to have an answer for now. And DJJ was one of the guys they used often, but he was almost out of the rotation. Um, he played like nine minutes today. It yeah, was, it was like nothing. I think it was under ten minutes for the game. And his shooting is is a real issue. They're they're completely sagging off of him. They're not even respecting him a little bit. I so love their it, offense. Like, I love their process. I love what they do. I love. I know. I watched the national broadcast today. I kind of wanted to see what they were saying. And like Jeff and and Mike Green and Jackson were really really high on what they were doing with the dribble handoff stuff. I mean, that's stuff we've known. I saw Zach Lowe. Uh, and Moda Keel tweeting about it too. And it's kind of nice when the Heat get these national spots, especially now that they're the only, they were the only game on, right? It's a, it's a Saturday morning. They're the only game on. It, it feels really good. And there's a lot of attention on them. And people are really seeing, okay, I, I really like the creative way they run sets. They run sets from their bigs. They, they run all this dribble handoff stuff. And then if not, you get Jimmy high screen and roll with all these shooters. And even though, did Jimmy attempt a three today? I don't even think he did. No, he didn't. No, nope. Jimmy did I not. I don't know if three. he took any shots outside of like five feet. Oh, yeah. I'd be I'm interested in seeing that at all. Yeah, Jimmy was yeah. six for 11, 10 for 11 at the free throw line, 22 points, zero three point attempts. Everybody I, on the team played over 20 minutes except for Igudala and Derek Jones. Iggy at 14 and Derek at 12. So, and, De- and Derek got most of his minutes in the fourth, I, I feel like, in garbage yeah. time. But uh, that. That was one thing I wanted to point out that, uh, you know, the shots weren't falling in the first half and you see that Denver stuck around, but like Miami lived at the line, Jimmy, Jamie, uh, I, I think it was Bam and Goron were like all, all over the line. What they shoot in the first half? Like they were like 16 to 17 from the first yeah. half of the line. That's how they got all their offense. And then when the shots, their shots started falling, they blew them out. So it, it it's nice because last year they would have been down twenty. <laughs> the, <opposite. laughs> the shots weren't falling, but now they have you know that's what it is to have a legitimate star who can get you get you points, get you you know hold you and tread above water uh, until the role players can get it going. So Jimmy yeah. ten of eleven from the line, Bam eight of ten, Goron nine of ten. Goron getting ten free throws is just enormous. Yeah, he, yeah. He's, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it helps to have like a, a specifically a star like Butler who is 
uniquely good even among stars. Like I've never seen a guy just work that hard to get his points. Like just just sacrificing his body to get to the line. And it it was ugly a lot of the time, but like undeniably um kept them in the game when it was close. And it's I, I said it to I think Yuji. I uh he's one of the hardest guys I've ever seen playing in my life. And watching him, I'm out of breath. Like I, I'm exhausted, exhausted for him. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's exhausting to watch him. It's and it's not even always pretty, but like you're glad he's on your team because he's just muscling, like out muscling players to get Jimmy points. Jimmy plays like he's not gonna play again. Like he's like he's on a G League contract, <laughs> like on a 10 day. He he's pay, getting paid he's a max player getting playing like he's on a 10 day contract. Like he has to earn it every second. Brad, we got somebody in the waiting room. Ooh. What so, up, Nikaias? Oh, hey. Nikaias was knocking at the door. Brian wasn't letting him in. I didn't even know he was coming on. I was hating for my He's the real the 2K coach. <laughs> we let, let you in. Velvet rope. We got the 2K coach here. We got Trash Reader. Now we have our statistician and pun master. 99 overall. My player, 2K. Hello, hello. <laughs> We're kind of talking about how, uh, how Derek really got the short end of the minute stick. Oh, I came forward. in at the right time. Wow. Okay. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Fra- Frankie's talking about like teams are just really sagging off of him. And like Miami's really, really fine in their offense, even if Butler doesn't. I mean, we don't even think Butler took a shot outside of the paint today. Uh, and they were able to really, really get going offensively. Oh, man. So the Derek thing is frustrating, kind of two pronged. One, as you alluded to, um, Denver just kind of didn't guard him. And he took what, one three today and missed it? Yeah. It was just kind of rough. Also, this seemed to be the matchup for him against a good team, if you're going to see it, just because of how aggressively Denver normally guards pick and rolls in general. So that opens up those slips for him to be a role man there. So if he was going to have some value offensively, it would be kind of him slipping those slipping those hard hedges and stuff. And he didn't get any opportunities there either. So if he can't shoot and he can't be a lob threat for you, there's really no reason to play him because he's not going to have value on the offensive end at all. So I think this was kind of instructive of what we may see in the playoff setting with Derrick Jones Jr. It's it's just I don't I don't see I don't see how he helps the offense at all. I've been kind of concerned because I I've been scared that Spolstra's going to kind of overcorrect for some of the defensive stuff by adding a guy like Derrick or even Iguodala to an extent if they don't have it going offensively, where they're just absolutely forced to play a guy like that who may have nothing on the other end and it's going to kill their off. I mean, like today. I loved what I saw offensively. And I know that Denver was missing some guys, but all the stuff out of dribble handoffs, the way that Jimmy and Goran were just getting to the line, the shots. I mean, Duncan's an absolute monster. The passes he was making, mm-hmm. the reads he's making, th- that's just growth that I didn't know he'd make this season. Like, it was just incredible to watch. I was going to say, uh, that's the biggest difference between, uh, for me, between Duncan and Wayne is that Wayne is going to outcut all the time on the on the down screens and the pin downs he's going to he's going to look for the three Duncan is going to is going to look for the catch look for the slips kind of cut going to curl he's got he's got a little bit more variety to it making the correct reads and uh and you know Dunk I think Duncan's a better shooter and his height makes a big difference uh in in his shooting as well cuz he's 67 6869 whatever he is and Wayne is like 64 on a good day Y'all see that play where Duncan drew the second defender off the DHO. Bam does a little slip. Duncan hits him. Bam does a short roll. Gets Jay wide open in the corner. Yeah, twice Jay's I saw Jay's man kind of rotates to help off the Bam roll. 
hits. I mean, like that's when I think of what they can do offensively, like that's the peak of it. Right. So like if, if you, if you give Duncan one-on-one coverage, you know, he's going to pull up and shoot and he's been absolutely incredible this year. You don't want to give Bam free throws or a clear lane to the basket. And you know, he's a capable passer off the short roll, which he's really added to his game this year. And that's like, I mean, all that without their, you know, quote unquote, best player, their star max guy, Jimmy Butler. Jack, what's so funny? <laughs> because you said he's been an incredible shooter, but you didn't want to concede that he's a good shooter. So you said this year, because you don't want to admit that you're wrong about Jay Crowder. Oh, Jay. Oh, man. Let me tell you something. I've had to eat so much crow on the Jay Crowder stuff before before he got traded to the heat. He was shooting 29% from three on six attempts. Now he's shooting 39% on seven attempts. So it's only like, it's not like the volume has changed dramatically. The shots, I remember checking before. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I remember checking when the trade happened. Most of his shots were like open looks. He wasn't like, you know, throwing up shots with a hand in his face. I mean, via NBA.com slash stats, they were mostly classified as open shots. So it's not like the quality was bad. I don't know what the guys. What the hell happened? I don't know what happened to him. Culture. He, he's he's being Jay Crowder. This is this is what he does. He shoots forty five percent from three for two weeks, and then he shoots twenty eight percent from three for a month. Um, this is this has been an extended hot streak for him. Um, we'll see what the pandemic means. This can't be a hot streak season. now. I mean, we're we're it's literally four games. months removed from the last regular season game. That's true. <laughs> Do you remember? Um, when Joe Johnson shot like 60% from three for like three months and then like went completely cold in the playoffs. God, I'm terrified. This is totally what's going to happen. He's going to go cold for, for, um, for the whole round. This is Jay Rich this, too. It's both of them. Yep. That, cost the nice, them that cost them an Easter Conference Rutgers. Finals appearance. But the yeah. nice thing about this team, as opposed to, I mean, that team and other teams the Heat have had where it's like, if Wayne Ellington is off, you don't really have a shooting. Um, if Jay Crowder's off, like, I don't know, maybe Tyler Hero's, like, playing better than he's been playing. Like, they've had shooters go cold during, like, this game even. Like, I don't know. I don't think anybody played particularly bad, but it's not like they've been playing at, like, max capacity in terms of shooting. Like, I think Hero's looked pretty bad in terms of accuracy since the, I don't know, I haven't tracked the numbers on that, but for a while now. But it's like, he was if that guy can get hot, it's fine if Crowder goes cold for like a little bit. Like, I think they have enough depth, like with Myers and Kelly and stuff, where as opposed to past years, they can kind of handle a cold streak from one of their main shooters. Um, maybe not counter, from Duncan. I think the counter there is that Jay becomes more important because he is one of two, maybe three and D wings that the Heat have, at least in theory. So if Jay Crowder isn't hitting threes, it really gets tough because even if Iguodala is, teams don't guard him as a shooter. If Derrick Jones Jr. is hitting threes, teams don't guard him as a shooter. Jay Crowder is the one wing on the roster that can credibly defend the multiple positions and is also treated like a guy that can knock down an open shot. So the Heat can't really afford for him to go cold in the playoffs anymore because they, their options just become incredibly thin after that. And we kind of go back to where they were before the trade, where when Justice wasn't playing, I mean, their defense, I mean, not their defense has maybe marginally improved, but like they were just an absolute disaster and they didn't have any answer 
for for speedier players. Nikaias, I was kind of throwing this idea around before you came on, but I think that part of the reason why they look to have some defensive success against Denver is because Denver really wasn't hot. Denver right now doesn't really have fast, speedy guards that can bother them, right? So they did both their damage through the centers and the wings. Uh, which mm-hmm. I kind of feel like Miami has the bodies for that. I, I feel like those bigger wings, Miami has kind of proven the season that they can defend guys like that, not necessarily kind of smaller Trey Young, uh, John Morant types. Yeah, I think that's He's, true. That's why I don't think it's good that they beat a good team. And even with the guys that Denver were missing, they're still a solid team. So it's good for them to get one of those gimme games considering the rest of their schedule. But that's also true. I don't think the point of attack issues were really solved. Um, in fact, there was, I mean, quick example I could think of from the first quarter. Uh, Miami had a possession where they defended extremely well for like 21 seconds. The ball swings around to Monte Morris with Jay Crowder matched up on him. And Monte Morris just blows right by him, gets a layup at the end of the clock. And it's just like, well, it kind of doesn't matter who the point guard is <laughs> at this point because they can get to the lane whenever. So I do think Miami still has some questions to answer on that front. Um, but, you know, overall, it was still a good defensive showing for them. And I do agree with you that they do have wings to throw on guys. It's just going to be figuring out how to contain speedy guards because that's going to compromise the rest of the defense if they don't figure that out. And like watching the Clippers, I can't watch Pat Bev and not think that that would have been so helpful for them this season. Yeah. Yeah. Like would be nice. That's I mean, that completely game changes their whole team. Just having that that body kind of starting at point guard. Maybe even, I know that Nunn gives them a lot. Who was, by the way, very, very good. And I think his patience, uh, not even in pick and roll, but even when he's in isolation or when he gets guys switched off of him is like, I don't think we talk about that enough. I mean, that dude, I've been really critical of that guy. Uh, but his patience for a rookie, I know he's an older rookie, but it's really, really impressive to see what he's doing. And like that switch that he got on Jokic, leveraged his ability to shoot, had Jokic rocking, got a shot at the rim. Um, he's he's been really good. I'm like really really happy for that. And on that on that play, I was so happy he attacked because he he likes to settle <laughs> a lot for those th- for threes against bigs on the switch. I don't know if he just doesn't think he can get by or he just wants to shoot the three. But I I, I the Heat need some easy buckets because they go they a lot of their offense is so catered to going outside in to, uh, running plays for for their shooters that they need to be aggressive sometimes. And and that's that like none is one of the few guys who can take somebody off the dribble. So that that kind of like set the tone for me. Duncan Robinson was plus 28 guys. And if he, I felt it, I felt all plus 28 of, of that. So Great. good. Some of those shots he makes are like, obviously he's incredible, incredibly limited in other areas, but some of the shots he makes like, like dribbling to the right, like pump faking, and then like basically yeah, one, just the nailing the, the shot. Like, yeah. yeah, the one before the end of the first half was beautiful. Incredible. That like that's like a not Clay a Thompson shot. That shot. W- it yeah. looked exactly like Clay Thompson. His balance that's is the, elite. Yeah, that's the difference between him and like Wayne Ellington, like you said, Frankie. Like I think Wayne Ellington did one thing as good as I've ever seen it done. Like and one really important thing, which is like running off screens, catching and like just spotting up shooting, like getting like getting balanced and shooting. But Duncan has such a like wide repertoire just within the world of shooting that like, I don't know. And, and as G mentioned, like his, his, his passing isn't bad either. Like he's doing things that I didn't expect him to ever be able to do. 
And it's really like made me kind of question um, where he's going because I mean, Max he is player. incredibly limited. Yeah, exactly. Max player. Like I don't, you know, I'm not saying he's a future star, but I am saying like, it does seem that he is a little more than just one of the best shooters in the league, which is nice That's, because, I, you know, I think we forget he's not technically a rookie because he played last year, but he's old too. He's like 24. I, I, he's like 23, 24, 25, something like that. But he, he's got a lot of experience and you can tell he's, he's a craftsman. He works on it. He works on his balance on all his shots. Uh, like you said, coming out like one dribble pull up, coming off a catch pump. He loves that pump fake to let the defender go by him, take a dribble and shoot that. It's, it's beautiful to watch him shoot. It's, it's crazy. He turned 26 in April. Yeah, I was off. <laughs> we talk about his middle name is McBride. What? Really? <laughs> Duncan McBride. Duncan McBride Robinson. <laughs> that is the whitest can, name I've ever heard. It's so, can we talk about Duncan last season? Couldn't get on the court for a lottery team. The Heat were a lottery team. Couldn't get on the court. That's because of Dwayne Wade, man. Significant. He's, the, he's six, six, six or six, nine or something. Like he's a big guy. It's not Dwayne Wade's position. <laughs> yeah, but you're not going to play him like power forward minutes. I mean, he plays a lot of small forward. I mean, he's, he's with him and Jimmy on the court. I mean, he's a big guy. I mean, regardless, I mean, he couldn't get on the court last year for a lottery team that was not very good. And on a team that's fighting for a three slash two seed, He's their third best player. And and just that that leap, I mean, clearly he wasn't this last season, right? Like th- there was a lot of work put in in the offseason. He bulked up. He really worked on this, right? Like they they clearly believed in him. Did he play in but Summer League? Go, I can't remember if he to, played Summer League this year or not. Or last year. I don't remember either. I don't remember. This Alex, year? Alex would be he the played, one last year. He right? played Summer League. Because I don't remember. Yeah, I this, remember this, he was great the first year. year, but I felt like the second year. I, oh, that's right. He did play summer league, and that guy really wanted to set him up with his daughter. That's oh, right. Oh, yeah, guy. Yeah, never mind. I should have never questioned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> How it was can we all, forget the, the classic. We know. We know why. <laughs> oh God, that's so funny. It was that. It was that lob from Wade in, in his last game that gave Duncan the confidence he needed to, to like, hey, I belong. <laughs> Passing the torch. Exactly. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally kicking off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro athletes Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champion Robert Ory. See what they had to say and what it'll be like playing about fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code Blue wire. Bet online, your online wagering experts. Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect. At a price you'd never believe, they have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. And here's how it works. 
It's like an auction, but every time an item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer the item or it's yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign-up on top of their other discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use the offer code HEATBEAT20 or DealDash.FM slash HEATBEAT20. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M slash HEATBEAT20. Did you guys see that stat that... um that? ESPN was floating around today that the last time a Heat player had a 20-point fourth quarter was Dwayne Wade in 2009. Kelly Olynyk. Kelly <laughs> Duncan He's Robinson good. may be the best shooter in the world. Might not even be the best shooter on this team. LeBron never did it. That's crazy. How about that? Hey, Kelly was doing more than just shooting. Like, oh, he had some nice little, like... <laughs> He's taking it off fakes. the dribble, like, the fakes, the little hooks, like... Oh. The yeah, I love, love Kelly. Kelly. Listen, I love Kelly and Myers. Myers looks to be out of the rotation until they play bigger teams. I imagine. Let's see what they do against Toronto. But I I've been a big Kelly fan. I've believed in him. I know that the numbers didn't look favorable for him in the beginning of the year. All the lineup data would suggest Myers. Um, And I think Myers is a I think Myers can help in certain situations. But I just think what we saw today is Kelly's high end and Myers just can't get there. Mm-hmm. Like Myers yeah. just doesn't have that passing game, doesn't have that that DHO game, doesn't have the ability to drive to the basket from the three point line because teams are so scared of your shot. He just doesn't have that. And even defensively, I thought he was really solid today. I thought he did a really really good job. Yeah, Kelly okay. and Kelly's got a quick, way quicker release. So the closeout, the spacing matters a lot more for him. Like Myers is a great shooter, but Kelly's got such a quick trigger. You saw on his uh, his first couple of threes in the fourth, uh, Millsap was like two, three feet away when he caught it, and, and he's, it was too, still too much space. Myers would not have gotten those shots up. I cannot think of a better way for them to have started this restart. And uh, after that game against against Memphis, where we were all questioning, and he, Twitter was doom and gloom, and it was over. We were bitching about the defense. And we're just, Memphis won a championship. They raised a banner for <laughs> beating the Heat at a scrimmage, and it was all over. And then they come out, and they wax a good team. They absolutely torch. And Memphis ended Nuggets up losing had- in overtime. <laughs> they had 26 out. points. Uh, in the fourth quarter, Kelly had 20. It was great. Yeah, I love it. So we've mentioned Myers a couple times. And I, I'd be remiss if we don't talk about the elephant in the room with Myers. So uh, Myers didn't Myers didn't kneel down with the other players during the anthem. Uh, he did wear a Black Lives Matter shirt, unlike Jonathan Isaac. And there's been a lot of uh, there's been a lot of takes flying around Twitter, right? About you know, oh, you don't have to kneel, or you do have to kneel, whatever. Uh, I know Myers, I, the reason he gave the AP was because of his brother in the military. Correct, Brian? I mean, that's the story that I saw from Tim Reynolds, but I yeah. didn't see a quote necessarily from him. It just seemed like mm-hmm. what Tim Reynolds, I guess, reported just from being at the game because he's the only, from my understanding, he's the only reporter covering the he as a local beat reporter right now. Um, Barry's not there? I don't think so. Barry's always there. Wow. Barry's um, got too much stuff worrying about the Marlins right now. <laughs> Barry, Barry is a beacon of news in this city. Um, I, I thought it was kind of interesting that 
Tim got the story. So like it it felt to me that he kind of took that Myers had to talk to him before. You know, like I think Myers kind of saw this as a problem and spoke to Reynolds before kind of give give the story, which I thought was interesting that I think he that kind of leads me to believe that he talked to his teammates about it. I mean, Udonis and Jimmy were kind of holding on to his legs and he put his arm on Jimmy's shoulder. Yeah. As they were doing it. Here's a quote from Spo um, after the postgame presser. And he said to, I don't know if he said it to Alex or if he asked him, but I'm reading it from Alex's Twitter account. He said, he's fully behind this movement, just like everyone else in the organization and this association. This is not a political discussion or an eater or discussion. I mean, we know Myers to be very vocal about these issues for black and brown America. Um, I do think like I, I the thing I don't understand is people on Twitter getting upset that we're asking the question. I think there's the optics of a of a and, and even just the way it looks. I mean, he's the tallest guy on the damn floor and we have this tall white man standing as all these black men are, are kneeling. And I do think that there I think it's valid to ask a question. I don't think we should burn Myers at the stake. I have my issues with the institutions of America, with the institutions of imperialism and the military. Like I have I have my opinions and I have my feelings on it. But I think to. I think to either character assassinate Myers for standing when clearly it looks like his teammates support him and that he supports the movements and also. Like the idea of him the optics of it just don't look good right so mm-hmm. i think that's where the crossroads is but i think it's fair to ask the question yeah i think it's it's fair to ask the question but um yeah i mean it asked and answered and people are allowed to disagree with it agree with it um it'd be kind of a bad protest if um he was like punished for not protesting um, I mean, he was. I mean, he lost his minutes. DMP Black yeah. Lives Matter. We don't know if that's what, what the reason <laughs> was, and I'm sure I'm sure Spo would deny that. But I thought what was more ridiculous than I mean, I guess the individual choice of Myers that um, it, as you said, he seemed to discuss with the team. Um, I don't know the like details of those dynamics, but um, you know, it was his choice and. Um, I thought what was more surprising to me or a little more um, odd to me was the Jimmy Butler situation where he essentially, he gave, I, I thought like this really beautiful, like, you know, well thought out reasoning for like not wanting any name on the back of his Jersey. And it seems like a very simple request. Like it's saving people work. Just don't put anything on the back of the Jersey. Saving he even materials. had the Jersey on. And they said, Which, by the way, no, so you can't people, do that. People that don't know Jimmy was saying because, you know, there's a, you know, he's obviously a very famous person and there are high profile cases like George Floyd and he doesn't want no name people, no name black men and women to be forgotten. Right. There's a lot. This happens a lot in this country and we don't know the names of George Floyd. Right. Or we don't know the names of Trayvon Martin or all the black women and black trans women that have died through police brutality. So like Jimmy's Jimmy's thinking was, you know, I want no name to kind of represent all the stories that are lost, all the people that don't get the coverage, all the people that don't get these movements. So kind of to fill in Jack's to, to kind of you continue. Yeah. Jack. I just wanted to fill the audience in who didn't know. No, thank you for <laughs> contextualizing that. Cause I, I think, um, 
Yeah, it is. An, I thought the way he said it and um, you, you know, you summed it up like it, it is a really great reason. And I thought it was really well thought out and obviously like personal. And you saw a lot of other NBA players when he said that say, oh, I like I like that approach. Um, other players had agreed, you know, oh, I want to do that as well. So, you know, obviously like came from the heart. Um, he obviously thought deeply on it and uh you know, was wearing the jersey at the beginning of the game and was told not to. So it was one of those weird things where, you know, beyond the individual choice to like protest or not protest, which is, you know, everybody's right. It was weird to see like, you can protest, but like, they're like very weird, maybe arbitrary. Yeah. Yeah. Arbitrary, like weird lines where you can say this or have this on your jersey, but you can't have this. And yeah, specifically it, with that message, it's not like it's inflammatory or anything. Exactly, because it, it's it's a lot of the issue that the, a lot of people have had with the the NBA's whole thing about this. It's it's not you know like obviously everybody wants the NBA to to support Black Lives Matter, um, but you know like limiting their voices and their freedom of expression is is a problem at the same time. Um, you know, letting them put something on their back but only giving them certain options. And, uh, you know, like, like Jimmy's, Jimmy's thing wasn't an issue. Should, should not have been an issue. You see college teams do that all the time. They don't have uh, names on the back to represent their, the team or whatever. But why would, I don't get why that's an issue for the, for the NBA. And uh, I had a, uh, one of my uh, followers on Twitter was talking about it today. He's like, uh, um, what, like kneeling for, for the anthem is not as like like it, it's it's more powerful when like everybody's against you like uh in a, in a sense because um you know like the whole league is doing it and it's allowed well when like kaepernick did it it's uh nobody wants him he got blackballed from the league it's a it's a whole different e- equation so like you know now, now that it's popular and uh, as a popular form of protest everybody can do it uh and, and it's it's com- it's a completely different like form of a, of protest now, just because everybody's doing it. It takes a lot of the kind of the edge off of it, like when mm-hmm. Cap did it, as to now when it's a very corporate co opted exactly kind of movement, right? So I do think so. Like I, I thought, I thought our he Twitter president Alf made a really good point on Twitter where he said, "Y'all rather Gordon Hayward knee." Uh, take a knee than Myers Leonard stand. And kind of what he means by that is Gordon Hayward has been a, a MAGA donator, right? Uh, I think pretty famously the NBA Republican right now. He has a lot of heat for that. Uh, justifiably so, by the way. And uh, Myers is not like that, right? Myers has been very outspoken for for black rights. He has put real dollars into it, right? Has helped individuals in the black community, especially in Miami and, and all that stuff. Yeah. So I, I do think that kind of we get really into this performative nature of kneeling or of these like kind of acts of solidarity, right? Which that's what they are. I mean, it is an act of solidarity with your teammates and I do think it's important, Um, but it could also be very performative like Gordon Hayward because Gordon Hayward is literally uh, putting his money, his, his dollars uh, that, you know, a lot of assists from those, on those little cuts of his came from black teammates and black point guards. uh, And he's putting all that money into, kind of the GOP and and that, you know, really uh, not great racist institution. Not that there's the DNC isn't, but you kind of get what I mean. It's it's so that's kind of where we're at. And I, I did think it was an 
I did think it was a worthy discussion, especially because I think we know Myers not to be a bad guy, but it was a little bit of an odd decision that I think deserved the questioning. Yeah, and it's the same thing that happened to Greg Popovich too the other night. So, I mean, we know Greg Popovich would be very outspoken in the league on a bunch of issues, not just uh, Black Lives Matter, but like just gender equality in general. I mean, he's one of the only coaches that has an assistant that's a woman on his team. And just we don't question pop. Yeah, you I don't mean, question pop. And just like you wouldn't question Steve Kerr just, either. Pop is seven years old. I give him credit for not for even thinking about taking a knee. He probably just physically you, I don't question Myers. Like not once did I see Myers standing and I thought, wow, Myers is like low-key MAGA or something. Like, I don't yeah. I don't think that. And I think it's unfair to think that. I do think that Myers had a different experience with America. So he is standing for an America that existed for him. And that doesn't exist for Jimmy Butler and Udonis Haslam. That America, yeah. he does not, he did not, he is standing for an America that just did not exist for those other people. He's not, did he's not, not exist for his teammates. Exactly. He's not Maga Porter Jr. that has stand up on the back of his jersey. Bro, that was so did fucking he? lame. He, he had no stand up. I didn't, even, I didn't even know that was an option Get until I saw him wear it. Is this Chef Trilly playing a joke? No, that, that was really real. Did. I saw that. It said stand oh up and then the back of his jersey is one. Kelly took that charge for America. As a Canadian, he took it for America. <laughs> At least it didn't say group economics, though. <laughs> oh, my God. I was, I was dying to... I, I forgot what his thing was. I wanted to talk about how bad he was today as well. Uh, oh, Andre? Yeah. I, I forgot, but it was, it was group economics. I was like, it's not education reform. What was, it, what was his? That, I think he's... Is he the only guy in the league with group economics? I think Spencer Dinwiddie also has a good point. Oh, no, good Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah. Of course, Bitcoin. <laughs> I think Solomon Hill did make a good point on our podcast a couple a couple shows ago where he was kind of talking about uh, the idea of group economics being like in reinvesting in black communities, right? So, like, instead of your money, so we kind of use the example of Solomon Hill, you know, making it in the NBA, being rich, living in Coconut Grove, for example. And then his tax dollars and his money goes into the Coconut Grove community, right? So even though he left the projects and like a, a low-income neighborhood, now he's putting his money back into Coral Gables when, or Coconut Grove when it should be re-going into the areas that you kind of came into and just kind of how wealth works. So I think that's what they're, I think that's what they mean by that mm-hmm. from what I understood and, and talking to Solomon Hill. So, uh, and, no, I, and I know that- I know that Andre's really big and in, in kind of investment and in all this stuff in Silicon Valley. It is funny though. Yes. <laughs> it's only funny because the Spencer Dinwiddie stuff where he was just oh, talking Spencer about Bitcoin. Hilarious. That's just, yeah. that's what's funny about it to me. It's not like the actual argument what, behind Bitcoin like no, no. economics, but yeah. like, and he's like, just the association with that. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's also funny being from Andre. Like it's, it's like Andre is like, has that Spencer Dinwiddie kind of energy. So it's, it's, he does. He has Spencer Dinwiddie energy. Okay. <laughs> he has Spencer Dinwiddie. Interesting. I, I don't was, think anybody's wanna... ever been described like that. It's. I don't. I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing, but it's a thing. It's certainly a thing. How... I love Dinwiddie. I thought. Yeah, I, I thought Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie likes anime too. I should get Dinwiddie on the show. You Dinwiddie should. wore He's... One Piece sneakers once. He's actually a really great listen. Uh, I heard him on our podcast before. He's he's a great uh, guest. He's a smart dude. It's just funny that he tried to like finagle a Bitcoin. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even know what it is. It's cryptocurrency, so man. No, but he's like leveraging his contract as cryptocurrency, wanting an advance on his payments. I don't listen. It's it's some wacky shit. He wants to invest I, his I'm money not smart in, and. I mean, that's what he is way smarter than me. I don't understand how this works. He, it's a lot of complicated financial terms. He essentially wanted the fans to pay for him to wherever he goes uh, as a free agent. 
but he did not realize he's Spencer Dinwiddie and not Kyrie Irving or anything like that. It works if you're Giannis. Exactly. If Giannis did that, Giannis would get that by some some uh, billionaire a fan who's going to just sneak that in there. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll take care of him. But no, he's not Spencer Dinwiddie. <laughs> Did you, go, did you see? Did you see who donated the the most to him? No, it was a it was a Knicks fan who had like uh uh his his username was like uh, Nick Swallow <laughs> Swallow for the Knicks. <laughs> he donated like sixty bucks. <laughs> I respect that. I thought Bill's house was funny because he's number four and his thing was vote. So it's like vote for, and I'm like vote for who, Millsap? Vote for who? <laughs> Okay, so let's get to Audrey before we end the show because I know you wanted to kind of get to him. Uh, it was it was a rough outing uh, for the acquisition. The heat, heat. Uh, it's the Jay Crowder trade. Let's talk about that. I would it, like to call it the Jay Crowder trade from now on. Let's do this. Because it's it's been... He, when he's on the court, his spacing, like he, he knows where to be. You you would think he would know where to be, but it's it's just so clunky now when he's out there. He just... It, he like goes to the short corner. He goes to the dunker spot, and then to us, uh, there was a play where somebody drove to the basket, went to kick it to to Duncan or Kelly in the corner, and Iguodala just catches it right there. He's like, "Oh, you're behind me. Let me throw it to you." It's like he couldn't guard. He was struggling against bigs. He was uh, struggling. Uh, he can't shoot. They don't respect his shoot his shooting. Like I don't I don't know what he brings to the table right now. So I kind of want to circle back to I, I kind of want to make a correction on something we just said. Uh, so Jimmy Butler just just told Mark Stein that uh, he doesn't care about the league's explanation. Butler said he relented for his teammates and described it to be determined if he tries to put on a blank jersey again. So apparently he doesn't really know why they asked him to change the jersey before tip off. Uh, yeah, Butler the referees very, yeah, so Butler had planned to go with the nameless jersey and he didn't know why. And he's like, I don't care. And he's just he he didn't want to create issues for his teammates. That's why he did it. But uh, he's called it to be determined if he tries to play in a blank jersey again. So kind of to circle back to something we said. And uh, Solomon Hill just will just tweeted out homie friend of the show. Solomon Hill tweeted out kneeling is within our constitutional right. It's what our military slash fight to protect political figures have changed the narrative into quote unquote being disrespectful. The notion is to the notion to Neil was presented by someone who served in the military. Please do your research. And he's referring to when Colin Kaepernick asked veterans if it would be disrespectful to Neil. And I know that a lot of the conversation now, because Myers Leonard's brothers is in the military is going to shift to like, well, this isn't about the military and like people are co-opting it and making it about the military when it's not. So I imagine Solomon yeah. Hill is kind of speaking Solomon to that. Solomon Hill's follow-up tweet uh, says, always thankful, always thankful to those that serve. Thanks, Pops. And he put a picture of his, uh, looks like his fodder and a military yeah. uniform. So that's- I, by the way, agree with 100%. And I, that was something Alex Toledo was saying on our group chat today. It's like people are just really moving the conversation to something that it's not, uh, which is what we kind of figured Myers would do with the, with the AP. So, so just wanted to kind of correct that as we kind of moved on and then back to the uh, Jay Crowder trade, as we're calling it now. We used to call it the justice trade. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jay, Bossman99 is just on another level right now. He he got the uh, Giancarlo uh, reverse jinx of, of him being a bad shooter, and now he's shooting 40% from three. Is that the most wrong I've ever been? No, 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 no. no. Well, you said Carl White was Chris Bosh. <laughs> I called oh, him God. Chris Boss Light. I called him Chris yeah. Boss Light. That's What's the wrong thing doing nowadays? Evan Cohen 
uh, of ESPN Radio in West Palm Beach never came back on the show after that. I said, I called them Chris Boss Light and Evan Cohen never came back. That's not true. He was on that Megapod. I was mad. I was angry. He was on the Megapod with oh, Sedano. Yeah, but George Sedano had to help get him on. I mean, we had to call the forces from high up to bring Evan back on the show. That, that's the first time one of your takes has genuinely made me angry. <laughs> I have listen I have really bad I've known for bad takes and like I even made uh, I have an anime Twitter account at subtitled anime if you want that kind of content and uh, on that side of Twitter they also know me for my horrific takes and I'll tweet a take and they always say like why the fuck do you say this like how could somebody have such awful takes and the people that know me from both are like wow like you're just really consistent with this bad take stuff aren't you I'm like it's you just have bad takes all around it's in my identity. My opinions are bad. I can't listen. I know. I know. I'll call a spade a spade. At least you're self-aware. I'm like Dinwiddie. That's <laughs> in the show there. That's I want to talk about the Heat getting into a three seed right now. Okay, fine. Brian, uh, he, uh, well, how many games are they back? They're a game yeah. and a half back, which I thought they would only be two games back. But I guess they gained a full game from winning today, even though they were two and a half entering the game. I don't know. I don't understand how that makes sense. But I guess they moved up a whole spot because... The Celtics lost uh, last night against Milwaukee, and then the Heat obviously won today. Currently, the Heat are a game and a half back. Are they a game and a half? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Philly, Indiana played today, so it's battle of the fifth and sixth seed right now. So whoever wins that game will be the fifth seed. So, I don't know. I, like I mean, the Heat, played, the Heat played Boston in three nights. So, potentially, they could be tied. If uh, if the Celtics lose again tomorrow, Could they, play, play? they play Portland tomorrow at three thirty, cool. and then Miami gets them on Tuesday on the second night of a back to back. Yep. Oh God, I'm, I'm not confident at all. Celtics have have the Heat's number for for the last couple of years. Kemba is what scares me in that situation. How how important do you guys think is it for Miami to get into the three seed? I know that they're. I know that we're confident about that Bucks matchup more than we should be, but <laughs> I think it's I, really good to avoid. I them. think uh, I think it'd be very helpful for them if they could avoid Philly in the first round. Um, so you'd rather have the four seed and avoid. I'd Philly? rather have whoever whoever is. I mean that that the cool thing for the Heat is like they play Indiana twice, so they can kind of like. I mean, I don't know if they would actually do it, but if they really wanted to play, if they really wanted to play Indiana, they could tank those games. Never. Hubert's culture. The one time they tried to never. The one time they tried to tank a game was in the 2009, 2010 season. The last game of the season against the New Jersey Nets went to double overtime. Jacoby Diora banked in a three. Then they played the Celtics instead of the Hawks. I will never forgive Diora for that. That's not the only one because they tried to tank uh, in 14, 15. And Zoran Dragic went off. Oh, that's right. Everybody had triple doubles. James Ennis. Like, Beasley. Beasley? Did it Beasley ball out that game too? Henry Beasley, Walker. Like Henry Walker. Bill Walker. He was legendary. Legendary <laughs> Twitter night. Let, that is an I incredible game. They played like six players. <laughs> <laughs> they ran zone like the whole game. <laughs> James Ennis. They, they, culture. they can't tank games even if they try. <laughs> Watch, they're gonna they're gonna try to tank one of those Indiana games and just gonna like put Derek for forty eight minutes and he's gonna hit every single three. He's gonna become Duncan Robinson. Hundred <laughs> percent, never again, bro. But seriously, I, if, if they could get the three seed, that'd be pretty good for them. I mean, let's say let's let's have a hypothetical where they have to play Philly uh, at three and then play the Raptors. 
I take that because the two matchups I'm most scared of in the East for them are Toronto, are uh, the Bucks and Boston. Agreed. And I think if you can avoid both of them I, until the conference finals, I think that's great. Jack, you're shaking your head. I'm more worried about, this is an insane take. And I'm going to preface it by saying it's a bad take and I'm wrong. But I'm more afraid of the Raptors than I am of the Bucks. I think Whoa, Bam. Whoa! I think Bam is going to big time Giannis if they get in the series together. I think Bam is we has the mental fortitude. I'm I'm a believer now. I'm a full Did believer in the culture. But like more than anything, I just believe in that Bam Giannis matchup. Like, and I think the Raptors are really good in a way that like will frustrate the Heat a ton. I'm sc- I'm scared of like all these upper teams mostly because I'm scared about. I- I'm really when the Heat. I think the Heat play the Raptors one more time. Brian, am I, am I correct? They played him on Tuesday or Monday. The rap on Monday. Yeah. So that's a game that I think is going to be really important for Miami. Um, the Raptors have a really hard schedule. They're playing so the Lakers they, tonight. That's yeah. going to be interesting. They have a really, really rough schedule. And I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be able to hold on to, to the two seed. So that's another thing to also consider. So they have too big of a lead right now. With these eight games, I don't think they'll fall. I mean, they have they have two and a half up on the Celtics. If they lose to the Lakers and they lose to the Heat, for example, which is just a really po- I mean, again, really possible scenario. I mean, those are two really good teams, Lakers especially. Uh Raptors first game, the Lakers already got a game under their belt. So it's not it's not out of the ordinary for that to happen. So, I mean, it's going to be a really, really tight race. So, are you Toronto, saying he could be a two seed? I don't think they can catch the two seed, but I do think they could catch the three seed and maybe Boston could get the two seed. Yo, I'm all in for playing Orlando in the first round. I would <laughs> love to play Orlando. I don't think Miami can catch. I don't think, I mean, Miami's what, five games back of Toronto? So, I just don't think they'll be able to jump the Celtics and do that. So, no, I they think wouldn't. They, they what's wouldn't. in play is the three seed. Yeah. Um, maybe Where's Indiana Boston? at right now? Indiana's the sixth seed. They're tied with Philadelphia. They're fifth seed. Yeah. Uh, Orlando is just it's Orlando's Indiana is Orlando and Brooklyn are separated by half a game. Uh, Orlando God, won. If, if he could match. stay at four and get Indiana, that would be the ideal for me. That's the thing. I think really? Indiana's. It doesn't seem like Old Depot's going to play. Yeah, I mean, but they they played really well without him. They played most oh, of so the season Morris without is also him. out too. Oh, that's true. I forgot about that. So I don't. I don't see how they could. I don't see how they're going to be better than Philly three Small next eight games. Size. Small sample size. Philly sucks. I love I love that Philly matchup for them. I'm just not scared of them at all. Like I, I mean I I I left Ben off my All NBA ballot. Like I just I don't know. I just don't. Wait, did really you have an official it. ballot? I did not have an official. My oh. fake Twitter ballot. <laughs> <laughs> did it seem like I had a vote? Yeah, I did. You totally worded it like you did. <laughs> just, I'm like, I did you steal Ethan's ballot? Or something? I'm on I'm on the Levitard show once and I get a vote. Philly he, matchup. He stole Poppy Levitard's power. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Which, by the way, not to not to shill, but you know, if you want to check out my appearance on the Dan Levitard show local hour, check that out. It was a it was a Lauer. Thursday local hour with the shameless container. It's called the Lauer. Get your facts straight. It's called the you, Lauer. You plugged like everything your your anime stuff, your Lauer appearance. Listen, I'm I'm in full show mode. By the way, check out my YouTube channel, subtitled oh, anime Jesus. on YouTube. My last video. Video on Edelgard and Lelouch. If you played Fire Emblem Three Houses and like Code Geass the anime, you might want to check out the parallels between the Crimson Empress 
and Lelouch V. Britannia. So check all that. And also the subtitle anime podcast. Listen, I'm killing the content. We I have a Japan Sinks 2020 podcast coming out. You can check out my Kaguya-san Love is War episode. <laughs> Japan Sinks. It's uh it's based off a novel. Everyone stop listening. In like the 60s, right? And it's like uh Japan is like struck by this awful earthquake and Japan is basically sinking. Japan literally sinks in in the in the novel. Like the, the earthquakes are so bad, and it's like this disaster horror novel. And uh, Masaki Yuasa adapted this uh, in a modern take. Uh, I'm not a big Masaki Yuasa fan. Not my favorite director. I actually really don't like him. It's one of my hot anime takes. Uh, Love Japan Sinks. It's great. Uh, you should watch it. We're probably going to do a podcast about that soon. So check that out. Look at that. Who the fuck is we? You and Solomon Hill? You're all anime ballot. The headlines remind us daily. The world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-Month Emergency Food Kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com